Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. Folks, I have sheets from Miracle Made and ugh, I love them, especially in the summer or in these transitional seasons where your body is like hot and cold and it's just like confused. Here's the deal with Miracle Made they make sheets, okay? But they use NASA inspired technology with silver infused fabrics to make these sheets temperature regulating so that you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It's so delightful. Traditional bed sheets can also have way more bacteria. It can, they can have more bacteria than a toilet seat, which is crazy. They can lead to acne and allergies and stuffy noses. It's just super gross. My husband is one of these people that gets acne from traditional bed sheets. Um, but when we discovered Miracle Made, his face just cleared up. It was, it's been so great because they have this technology that prevents 99.7% of bacteria growth and it requires up to three times less laundry. Uh, so like I said, there's a self-cooling property for better quality sleep. There's a self-cleaning property. Uh, there's comfort and quality. I mean, they're so luxurious. It's like nicer than sheets you'd find at a five-star hotel. And it's designed for your skin so that bacteria doesn't get all up in your pores. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should try miracle.com slash fake the nation. Whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order them today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code fake the nation at the checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get that full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. Fake the nation episode 221. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we take the old sock of democracy that's been gently worn and has a few holes in it, uh, where America's toes keep sticking out, and we use our darning tools to gently mend the sock so it's as good as new. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I've been waiting all my life to use the word darning in a really organic setting, and I feel like I just achieved that. Today um, is a special election episode because we're going to focus on LGBT. Q plus issues, and I am so excited to get to talk about this, especially with this panel. We'll also talk about uh, the virus-riddled White House and the campaign trail, and finally, we'll talk about the, um, I don't know, evolution of the Kardashian dynasty. Uh, I can't believe the panel we've assembled for you today. You will not believe it. It is so fun. It is so exciting. We have with us, uh, uh, she's a writer, she's a, um, a podcaster, uh, just a, an all-around talented, wonderful person who has now an audible scripted series called Apocalypse Untreated about six teenagers who have to deal with an, an asteroid that ends the world, and it's fascinating. Um, so you should immediately be listening to it. Folks, it's Gabby Dunn. Hey, Gabby. Hi! You could say bisexual icon. You could say bicon. A bi- also, I, you know what? A bicon. Bicon. I should have yeah. also added that to the mix. Please let That's it okay. be edited. Um, 
And then also joining us on the show today, folks, this is so exciting. For the very first time, now you may have seen her on RuPaul's Drag Race. You may have seen her on Broadway because she's so fucking fancy. Um, But no matter what, she is basically always live from New York. It's Peppermint. (laughs) Woo! Hello, hello, hello. So happy to be here. Oh, my God. It's so good to see uh, you in uh, the flesh on Zoom. Not in the flesh. In digital flesh. Uh, and and just to to be in like the uh, be in both of your presence, so that you're both so joyous. Thank you so much for joining the show. Mm. Let us get into topic number one. Uh, so the White House is riddled with coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I just want to get your initial reactions on how this happened, why this happened, and what do you think? Um, Peppermint, your thoughts. Darling, it's karma. It's the most <laughs> karmic thing. I mean, I and, I, and it's, I'm going to sound so trite in saying this, but uh, it's probably the most karmic thing that at this point, given that it's only October, uh, that 2020 could br- could bring. I mean, and it's not karma that I wish upon anyone. Yeah. But it is. It's the most mishandled karma I could could have ever thought of. I mean, even post White House Corona announcements, there's still, you know, I, I they're still blundering it. It this could have been. Um, a real opportunity to connect with the humanity in all of us. Uh, But that hasn't even gone well, to no surprise. Instead, they traded that in for photo ops. And and so, yeah. First of all, Peppermint, I really love the idea of of like managing your karma because I think that if we just had a little bit of that with, you have to manage your karma by first managing your pandemics. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And I and yeah. also I don't mean to laugh. I just like, but it is the I because obviously again, like everybody, I don't wish ill will on anybody. I don't want anyone to be sick. Um, you know, I do. I. <laughs> <laughs> I wish ill will on a lot of people. Um, I. <laughs> I, well, listeners will know Actively. that I'm so uncomfortable with ill will, but I couldn't help. But when I heard this news, I was just like, I, I mean, I had a mild giggle because I was like, of course. And the of course was for 2020. The of course was for mismanagement of karma. The of course was for mismanagement of pandemics. The of course was just, it was just like, you know, Gabby, how do you feel? We wouldn't, nobody was like, oh no. Hitler died. I'm sad. Like it would. Who cares? Like I. Who cares? Like I, I, I. We've been in my house doing like Death Watch 2020. Like we're like please, 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 please. Oh my uh, god. Okay. <laughs> please, Not- please, 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 please. <laughs> uh, Voodoo dolls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I. It is so frustrating because like they came out and they were like well Biden now doesn't have experience with COVID the way that Trump does so but like I so I knew I knew that that's what was going to happen I knew that they were going to try to turn it around into some sort of like we beat it positive thing um but I'm also like so curious about the the 
mismanagement of the medical information and the like claim that mm-hmm. HIPAA is keeping them from saying the truth when uh, HIPAA That's can be cleared by the yeah. patient. So I, I'm, I'm like the mixed signals that are coming from the White House. And also the fact that like the medication that he's on causes like a burst of energy, right? Like if you've ever been put on prednisone or steroids, like you know that it like makes you feel like on top of the world for a bit. It but- sure does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if y'all haven't tried prednisone, get on it. No, but- Call uh- your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and so this burst of energy is is so um, like not Typical indicative of, the, yeah. of what he would normally be. And also like- the show of I'm going to ride out in the car. I'm going to go to the White House and walk up the steps and take my mask off is so like Kim Jong Unian and like yes. so like dear leader in that it is it's so I understand like being like, how did we get here? But like, good God, like, can this I is, also like, we just used say- to, we used to we used to go into other countries and colonize and be like you guys gotta fix your shit and now i'm like hello canada knock knock come help us no i'm moving to canada tomorrow you are temporarily (laughs) Ooh, lucky you i'm like canada take us over please i mean i you know i think the the other thing that's really upsetting is the media, like, look, I know that the whole taking, standing on the balcony and pulling off his mask, by the way, using stairs into an entrance that he never uses, like, that's not the entrance that he uses. So it was clearly pure theatrics. And then for the media to be like, now we're going to ceaselessly play that footage mm-hmm. is also really irresponsible or like and I don't know what you know look I don't know what the journalistic ethics are around that like could you be the you know the New York Times and not show that image um because it's because it's 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 irresponsible for I think the media to show him in such a dear leader way and it's also but at the same time it's irresponsible for him to put people at in in um, at risk by doing shit like that. So people need to know that he does that at the same time. So, I mean, it's, uh, he puts, I think he puts the ethics of journalism into question every day with that kind of shit, because it's like, people need to know, but at the same time, seeing it sends a completely worse public health message, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He's like a virus itself. He just takes the opera. He, no matter what, whether it's, uh, um, People connecting for humanitarianism, people connecting for charity, people connecting because it's the six o'clock news. He's going to use the fact that people connect to drive his message home no matter what it is. Right. He, If people are connecting at grandma's house because there's a funeral, he's going to show up there with a sign talking about what he needs to talk about. And so he's, you know, he, he, he seems, he doesn't seem to be, I, I think it's quite clear that he is... Seem, that comes off very self-serving mm-hmm. and there doesn't seem to be a connection to anything um, that is uh, empathetic in, in him at all. And again, we with the instant like turning this into some kind of weird theater, it automatically made me, you know, worry for, I didn't have, there was no time to like, you know, revel in the splendor of like, him possibly getting his own sort of just dessert because he was so flippant about coronavirus. 
because now he went literally from while he's still contagious to spreading it around like everywhere he could have possibly humanly spread it within the 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 radius of the white house yeah like the it's, by the way just as just as as we came into the studio today, the studio by which I mean this uh, room I'm in, um, <laughs> I read I read that Stephen Miller also tested positive. So yeah, he also literally tested positive. As his wife, as his wife was mocking uh, Kamala Harris for wanting plastic uh, barriers between herself and uh, Mike Pence at the yeah. debate tonight, because he was there. And he, we're just waiting for him to test positive. Mm-hmm. But he's still going, which is like kind of questionable. Fine, you do it with barriers and masks or whatever you're going to have. And then she, Stephen Miller's wife, was mocking, as he was getting his COVID results, was mocking Kamala Harris for wanting to have a, a barrier like she's weak. The, bananas. Bananas. The- New York Times, actually, well, a lot of media, I've been a little bit pleased with how they've handled this because they are like, you know, Twitter's being like, this is not true. Or like, you know, I've seen a lot yeah. of media actually fucking finally. Oh, right, being right. Like, like pull, pull tweets off and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Or I've seen them. In, Social in, media. In, I've seen a lot of like now because they never used to do this and I hated it, but I've seen a lot of like. Uh, the president said this, this, and this. There was no evidence to back that. You know what I mean? Like, they're starting right. to report on it, like, the way they should have from the jump. Uh, but, I, you know, or, like, the tr- I saw more and more, like, Trump took a joyride Monday to because he thought that people would think it was rude if he didn't wave to them from the hospital. There was no evidence that that would have been the case. Like, thank God I'm, like, seeing that as, like, a caveat in what they're reporting. Um but yeah, also, I do, you're right. I'm seeing that a lot. Yeah. Um, can I ask but I, you this? Can I ask you this, Gabby? The yeah. Now, like in in just in terms of how this plays, right? Like whether people think it's rude, for example, that he was going to not take a, a joyride um, in an enclosed <laughs> space with people that he's putting at risk. Um, the just the fact that Donnie had to go to the hospital isn't that a sign? Like, I, it's interesting to me that people are sort of glossing over the fact that he did, in fact, spend four days in a hospital. Like, mm-hmm. that is something. Amer- you may beat this, but does anyone want to spend four days in a hospital? Like, I, I still think that's something that that seems to be glossed over. Like, mo- it, going to the hospital is up there with like fear of public speaking. You know, for people, people don't want to do it. Uh, well, so it, how is that playing? I think as you you may not know this about me, the two of you, I'm not a Trump va- base voter. Uh, so <laughs> I'm trying oh. <laughs> I, oh, I, I have that to clear up a lot Peppermint of things. and I have to go actually. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going through a tunnel. I'm sorry, I'm I can't hear you. <laughs> but can you can you put yourself in the shoes of the Trump base base voter that I am not and tell me how this is like playing? out for them as voters girl i what fox news is on a different planet like on a fully different planet like they if you if you read what they're saying it's like not it, it doesn't even matter it's not based in reality like they they are playing this as like he's he beat it this proves that covid isn't a big deal he's so strong he didn't even he he was able to leave he walked up the like they're they there's so all of those uh, people who have died were are joking. Right. They like, were they were <laughs> right. weak or they had. Okay, so he said that tweet that's so um, 
unempathetic vile tweet about like don't let covid ruin your dominate life or whatever you. dominate yeah. your life mm-hmm. yeah and i have been reading like uh, i re- i was reading this article and i've kind of been like morbidly following i guess this story of this doctor this 28 year old doctor in texas named adeline fagan who died from mm-hmm. covid mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. and her father kept a blog and the blog is like i mean it goes into detail about like what happened to her before she died and it is an excruciating death and for you for your family and so like the idea of the families of 208, 210,000 people who have passed away from from COVID seeing that, like, I can't imagine that they are not taking that, like, whatever, you know. Yeah, you the, take the, that the, personally. Yeah, the, the, the disease is bipartisan. Like, I would hope that people are seeing that and, and changing their minds or realizing how cold this is, this person I, is. The only thing, the piece that's missing for me, because you're right, like, are we paying attention to the fact that he was actually sick, sick enough to be given the, the, the experimental drugs that he was given? And some of the news is, some of the news that I'm watching is highlighting that, saying mm-hmm. that, you know, hey, let's not forget he was in the hospital. He was, he must have been grave enough to get the, to receive these drugs in the first place. And yes, he's the president. Yes, he, he should be afforded the best medica- medical attention on you know but he should is the he i've been thinking about not, this I, no 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 i didn't i don't let, let me say that okay who the person in the office of president when they are doing their job should have the best uh, access to continuing to do their job inability to pay having the wrong insurance should not be a barrier to the person who holds the office of the presidency now does he deserve all of that i do not think so but he is in the office of the presidency and he's using that to his advantage. But the piece for me that's missing is where are all the people who are getting sick, who um, who, who do have family members who have died, who have voted for him or who are his supporters? I want to I want the news to go out and find, and find those people, people that are saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. find and those people that are like, probably. oh, my God, I was following everything he said. But he, and he said to do, drink this and do this and do that. And we did it. And now my mom is dead or whoever, and or hopefully not, you know, we're sick and we're in a worse place. And, and like, find out wh- what are they thinking? Are they even, is someone in their hospital bed saying, I got COVID because I decided not to wear a mask and I follow the president's advice. I have COVID, but I'm happy about it. Like, are, uh, is that I'm not letting saying? it dominate well, me as, yeah. they're, as, they, as, they, as, they, as they're getting onto a ventilator. Let two me, things. Let, we have to oh, wrap sorry. up this segment, but I do want to bring up one thing, which is that the Democrats, sorry, is that Donnie tweeted last night. And by the way, we're recording Wednesday afternoon before the vice presidential debates, unfortunately. Um, but Donnie <laughs> tweeted last night that they're not going, that he's going to stop negotiations on a relief bill until after the elections until, quote, he wins the election. So almost like he's mm-hmm. holding hostage relief he until is. he personally wins, which is, yeah, he is. But did exactly you hear what, what he said he today? And then, and then he, he changed it too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell us the follow up, Peppermint. The follow up today after all of the backlash, because it was honestly like, you know, like literally Satan's, you know, pledge. And then people were like, oh, my gosh, everyone reacted, even Republicans like this. And, is actually and the market the, and the market reacted. Poorly. And the market yep, reacted. Yep. Yeah, that's 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 the real soul. Right, right, right. Uh, the market reacted. And so he reversed course and said that he will sign whatever bill they put on and just to get the money to the American people immediately, that the, he will send out checks immediately. 
uh, when they put a bill on his desk. And again, I want to point out to everybody that these are fucking tweets, so I don't actually know what's going to happen. And they're tweets, <laughs> right? Like, well, like, it's Nancy they- Pelosi, it's Mitch McConnell. Like, these are really the people that are handling this shit right now. Um, So, yeah, who fucking knows? There's- and then the other hilarious thing is, that before he had sent out this dumb fucking tweet, Democrats were actually stunned at the news because the lead negotiators had were on the brink of a deal. They were, like, mm-hmm. moments away from actually figuring it the fuck out and mm-hmm. then Donnie had to actually just ruin it because of course he doesn't consult with anybody he doesn't know what's going on in the government right well so there's cognitive dissonance his yes. his this is what I was going to say is his followers have cognitive dissonance where they believe because he said uh, oh the virus wasn't that bad and he literally said maybe I'm immune and his followers really believe that they have like the base has like a godlike principle about him where they're like yes I got sick and died but that's you know my own fault or something like there's this idea that I constantly say about him on my podcast podcast bad with money thank you for the plug uh, is that uh he uh, they ascribe to the prosperity gospel the reason he's able to be president or the reason he was a rich man in the first place is because he, god has blessed him in a way that they have not blessed the average person and he feeds so into that so that he could flaunt himself yes to the, all of us and we would be in just satisfied with knowing that he's anointed but we are the po- the poorly people and i feel better about myself even though I'm in complete des- destitution. Yes. But I'm happy that he's good because he's anointed and he inspires me, even though I know I'll never have that because I don't have access to that. And I and he's stopping me from getting the, to the next level. Yes. He's actually making my life worse. But since he's been anointed and chosen, I'm happy and yes. I'm satisfied with that. Okay. Can I just say? Was yes. That was yes. A it's beautiful, like a mega church pastor. Absolutely. A, yes. That was a beautiful and, and crazy series of connections that is that has to be made. And I just want to say in closing that in order to be a Trump supporter, and I think at a subconscious level, they would actually be really happy with a Biden presidency because the mental gymnastics are That's exhausting. It. Right? That's like, it. Everything you just described was so insane to follow <laughs> that like I... I need a nap, right? And I feel like that if you're a Trump supporter, you always want to just, you need a nap because it's too hard to support him like this all the time. And I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. That's a, that's just what I think is happening on a subconscious level. But listeners, you tell me what you think. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to learn about our sponsors. Ooh, we love exactly church choir singing at the thought of our sponsors. Mega church. And then we're get, when we come back, we'll talk about other things. Today's show is sponsored by Paired. And oh my God, me and my husband have had such a great time using Paired. We had this conversation recently because one of the questions that the app gave us was how do you personally express your love for your partner? I had some really ridiculous things that I was sharing with him that he sort of like totally saw as like, oh yeah, that is how you you show your love for me. Like one of those things is he's like very sensitive to windows being open without the screen being there or like shades not being drawn at night or like just stuff involving windows. And I'm the kind of person that doesn't care about that. So I show my love for him by like doing those things because I know... (laughs) 
he cares. And he recognized that as like a very weird form of showing your love for someone. And then I was like, I should actually do more exciting and interesting things for him. One of the ways he shows his love for me is by wearing the clothes that I buy him, which he doesn't always want to wear. But he does because he knows that I love like seeing them. P.S. I feel like he looks better when he wears the clothes I buy him. All right, that's just a side note. But point is, we've had these really fun conversations because of Paired. And it's, as you've now guessed, a relationship app for couples. You and your partner, you download the app, you pair together. And every day, Paired gives you questions, quizzes, games. It's a way to, to have fun, stay connected, and deepen your conversations. And I think, you know, when you get to a certain point, I mean, me and my dude have been together for like 10 years. So it's kind of great to have this external entity, like giving you these questions and inspiring new forms of conversation that you hadn't thought of in these 10 years. And so I don't know, I highly, highly recommend Paired. It's so fun. Um, whether you're a new couple and you could you could really use some, some questions to get th- to deepen things, or you're a couple that's been around the block and you could use these questions to kind of like find new and interesting things you didn't really know about each other. Either way, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head to paired.com slash fake the nation to get a seven day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to paired.com slash fake the nation to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. Go to paired.com slash fake the nation. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, Accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, 
where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And we are back. And let's uh, get into topic number two. Um, Oh, okay. So glad to have you both on the show to talk about um, this week's special election edition um, because we are talking about uh, the LGBTQ plus community. And I want to start with the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. So listeners might not know. Yeah, I know. Let me just, let's get into it with something real sad. Um, Listeners might not know, but uh, she may not be a friend to the LGBTQ community. Um, what do you, um, what do you think of her, Gabby? Uh, I mean, she's like, she's like from a cult, right? She's from like a, like a, she's just straight up from a Handmaid's Tale cult, which, uh, I guess she, they came, it came out that she lived in like a nine person house with, um, with a bunch of people from the cult, which look, I get it. I've dated in Brooklyn. I understand that people live in nine person (laughs) houses. (laughs) <laughs> maybe they don't have their own room. Maybe they're a musician who lives in a loft, whatever. Uh, it's so bad that you, now you're in LA. Is I'm in LA. Yeah. So well, no. And then I brought one of the musicians with me, my partner. I brought, I brought them oh, uh, straight okay. up from a loft in Brooklyn all the way to LA. You're going to uh, start your own commune. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but particularly, I think like uh, I think like the spot that Ruth Bader Ginsburg opened up uh, leaves Roe v. Mm-hmm. Wade in danger, and it leaves uh, gay marriage in danger. Not that mm-hmm. I personally, I have a lot of feelings about how much we've propped up gay marriage in um, it, to the detriment of other things that the queer community might need. Um, but True. most, mo- well, yeah. But most importantly, I mean, I think. Pepperman is the one who can speak to this. Like it's mostly the attack has largely been on trans people. We we talk about the LGBTQ community as though it's like one thing. And I think oftentimes when we do that, the T is booted. Um, so, it's true. Yeah. And, and just I mean, for, for yeah. people, for listeners who might not know, she about a equal, marriage equality, though, um, she signed a letter basically that sided with uh, the idea that, quote, family, that, quote, marriage and family founder is founded on the indissoluble commitment of a man and a woman. Um, You know, she's also um, talked about um, title nine rights, um, afforded to transgender people, you know, ought Mm -hmm. to be reviewed by lawmakers. Um, and so, uh, well, we, the, we may as, as a whole forget about transgender rights, but you know what? Amy Coney Barrett does it in that she wants to strip them. Um, so, uh, Peppermint, what are your thoughts about this nomination? Well, um, I, it, it, it troubles me um, and Gabby is 100% right. I actually was of the uh, mind that marriage equality, having happened so long ago, uh, was so far past the line mm. that it was safe. Right. Um, 100%. You know, I mean, I, I certainly didn't think it was like permanent for, for life, but I, I certainly thought that by the time anyone would have the ability or even the gumption to try to rescind any of those protections, that people, people the, the, the mind of the general public would have changed. I hope that's still the case. I hope that people who were like, you know, saying that fire and brimstone was going to happen as soon as two gay people got married for the first time are, are realizing that that was not true. Um, but we see now that that is more vulnerable 
in the courts than we had initially thought. I don't know if it's really changed in public opinion that quickly yet, like reverted. Um, but in the meantime, one of the things that has one of the things that I think was really um, successful with gay marriage was uh, while with the, while the talk of gay marriage was happening, which started in the '90s and then obviously ended with marriage equality uh, in the 2000s. While the talk of that was happening, the LGBT community, gay people, were really successful being able to get um, uh, into the, the the in front of people in pop culture, mm -hmm. in film, in television, changing the way people thought about gay people and even gay marriage just through getting to know them. Thank you, Ellen, but also we have to talk. <laughs> um, and, so, and so now, uh, one of the things that we're trying to do the same thing with with trans people is get them into the public eye. And that's starting to happen, but but it didn't happen successfully enough before Trump became president. And he instantly, the very within the first October of 2018, wasn't even, it might have been earlier, he had already attacked uh, and targeted the trans, enacted, tweeted the trans military ban. And then he immediately went into uh, workplace protection for all LGBT people, but the cases were primarily argued for Title VII through gender uh, expression uh, and gender identity. Uh, and there was a sexuality uh, uh, case as well in the three cases. And so uh, the, the trans bathroom bill bills have been kind of bubbling around trans people being banned from sports uh, in some land in a landmark case in I think Idaho, uh, House Bill 500, uh, and then the, that making a blueprint for others. So Gabby is 100% right. Trans people have been, I thought that the the conservative right has had taken its sights off of just gay folks, you know, and then turned it only to trans people. We're seeing now that that might not be right. And one of the things that I do want to say with the nomination, uh, with the potential, with the nomination and her, her potential getting, becoming a justice is that um, I, oh my God, Bob the Triad Queen's calling me. Um, <laughs> I love him. I, <laughs> we, just had, we just had him on my podcast. He's, oh, I oh love him God, so much. Oh my God, this bitch is calling me. Um, I'm going to try to talk to this real quick. I know you can edit it later. The, uh, the, I got a chance to go to the Title VII hearings at the Supreme Court. And I was really all fired up about LGBT equality, knowing that these people were challenging the rights of uh, LGBT Americans uh, who are protected in the workplace. And I was really all fired up about that. I got to the court and it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I've been in a few court cases before. That's another story. Mm. And the uh, to sit in the Supreme Court and watch the uh, the the attorneys argue their cases, and then hear the see the just witnesses the just witness the justices uh, take all that in and see them give feedback and consider everything was honestly one of the most spectacular things in terms of being in a, uh, like you know being involved in civic operations in this country. Witnessing that was something like I've never seen before. I had true respect for it. And it was at that moment, you, I would sit up there and watch all the justices and they all went down and I, you, it, I had a hard time figuring out what, who was on what right. side yes. because they were all 100%, 100%, you know, totally focused on the law, except for one, Clarence motherfucking Thomas. Mm. Oh no. And he was sitting back in his chair rolling his eyes oh, he didn't say God. a word yeah he no he notoriously does not ask questions right like that's one of his weird that's his thing he doesn't ask questions he doesn't engage 
He didn't care. I thought he was playing, you know, uh, uh, Angry Bird at one point. I was like, I'm, I don't know what's going on. And and that was really dis, dis, obviously disappointing to see that a justice wasn't even, he was disinterested at all in any type of engagement with a case that made its way to the Supreme Court and this will potentially decide whether or not people can just be getting fired for who they are. Yeah. And a case that's that important, at least you should like read, read the damn pro, pro, um, mm-hmm. program agenda along with what's happening. He was like looking out the window. It was like, oh my gosh. Um, and so that is worrisome because I think he has a plan. I yeah. said all that to say, I think he has a plan. Yeah, I mean, there's also I just want to also point out that like uh, with the with the trans women in sports, I mean, that has affected cis women now. Now there's like a whole thing of like if yeah. you have too much testosterone and you're and you can't then they're regulating that. So like, you know, I think a lot of these laws bleed over into other things and you don't you don't realize that if you're not part of the trans community, you don't realize that like. So you don't care about trans people, fine, but not fine. I hate you. But if you, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But like it bleeds over into other stuff. And I think like my whole thing with with uh, marriage equality is that that is easy. Straight people understand that, right? Straight and cis people are mm-hmm. like marriage. Of course, we love marriage. That's the traditional heteronormative family. Incredible. But mm-hmm. once you start getting into like queer issues that that straight and cis people just don't have. And they require are like, more nuanced understanding that can't yes. easily be grafted onto what a heteronormative structure is. Yes. yes. And it's not something that they would ever, quote unquote, choose. They're confused and they don't want anything to do with it. And they I mean, God damn it. You're making me like you're making me uh, speak up for the military. It's like this whole thing of like, I want trans people <laughs> to be in the military. I also don't want there to be a military. God damn it. Like, <laughs> but but I like, also want to point out, Peppermint, you brought up something really interesting about Clarence Thomas. You know, because the the you, the the queer community had a win over the summer about a protection over you know employment mm-hmm. discrimination under federal law, and that vote mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. hung on Neil Gorsuch because he may have been yes. appointed by Trump and blah 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 blah. But like mm-hmm. when it comes, but you can't really tell when they're talking and asking their little questions. <laughs> I just like it demoted everyone into little questions. They're little um, questions. <laughs> but like when they say, when they when they ask their questions and when they're dissecting the law that way, it's so like legal mumbo jumbo mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that it sounds neutral, right? It does yeah. sound kind of neutral. And that's why someone like Neil Gorsuch was able to vote the way he voted for that mm-hmm. law because for, for some of these justices, it is not, unlike Clarence Thomas, it's not political. And I think the problem with Amy Coney Barrett, he's, she's been sort of brazenly public about yeah. her political beliefs. And that, I think, is what's so stunning about her. But I want to move a little bit onto the the question of the just the vote here because so I was reading the hilarious this hilarious article in the Times about how Trump you know had this opportunity in June to sort of like go out and try and get some LG, you know some some voters from the he didn't even community. tweet about pride and he did it they were like his advisors were like tweet about pride like say something about the fucking like night, you know nightclub like skittles and like pet boys tweet about pride you know what i, I mean know, like <laughs> i know exactly exactly like how hard is it but he he basically did nothing in june right so now yeah. here we are it's like four weeks before the election and they're like oh fuck there's actually a meaningful voter block 
flock in the queer community. What should we do? So they summoned um, the, the one Trump official, Richard Grinnell. You guys have heard of him, right? Richard Grinnell, famous Richard Grinnell. No, you've never heard of him because yes, he's... I- I have. Well, right. I mean, I'm just, it's like, oh. he's not. <laughs> okay, so. I wrote down, right. you guys would have heard of him. But like, yeah. he is the uh, openly gay former ambassador to Germany who served for three months as the acting director of national intelligence. That's who he is. My point is, this was the only person they could really find to go out and get the gay vote. Right? Mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. and I just thought... This, this is your how your guns are ablazing right now. Like, what do you? And, and of course, they have very little to work with because they've been basically shit. I mean, they start like the, they. I was thinking about how this how this administration started for um you know LGBT community, but also for the Muslim like for the Muslim community. There are two things that happened right out the gate, and the, and it was the Muslim ban for my people. Thank you, um, and also the the military ban right for the. Right. Right. The transmit for for the military that was like out the gate. That was very early on. They made a very so so they don't have very much ammunition, and yet there are some people um, that would vote for Trump. Now I'm going to do what I did to Julian Castro a couple weeks ago, where I was like, "Explain the Latinx vote." But um, <laughs> can you can you Ooh. folks for me explain why there might be members who are enticed by, um, I don't know, Richard Grinnell and, um, and, and voting for Trump. Let me, let me, let me give you some insight and then I'll kick it to Peppermint. Um, again, the queer community, the L G and B historically have, uh, do not give a shit about the T generally. And so of there's, there's the reason that Trump was able to go after the trans community is because he understood whether subconsciously or someone told him that um, that lesbian, gay, bisexual, other people who are cis queers, uh, that's the that's the side of the community that we're ready to jettison. Like they're like if he had gone after like gay marriage, right? It's like gay marriage, but Neil Patrick Harris and David Burko, we we love that, you know, <laughs> right, 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 Ellen right. and Portia, we love it or whatever. But like. But like if you go I saw it as going after the weakest part of the community because there are still cis people who are I don't even want to use TERFs because it it implies that they're feminists in some way. But there are people you can still be a cis queer and be incredibly transphobic. And that is something that happens quite often. And I think that like they knew that if they went after these people the trans community first, mm-hmm. um, there might be a chance right. that the rest of the community would not stick up, would would not care. Surprise, surprise. And it's unfortunately true. I don't know, like, if they're, like, you know, they've got some kind of crystal ball or omnipresent or if it's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. But you're 100% right. And, I mean, the, the it doesn't really help. I mean, it helps them. It doesn't help us that, you know, the... At the heart of all of these, like, LGBTs with the upside-down flag for Trump, you know, it's, it's the log cabin Republicans who are, not- who are overwhelmingly, if not 100%, white and male. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, those are the people that are behind all, the, the, all of these decisions, usu- usually, except for in the UK where these so-called turf feminists are. Um, based usually. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's no surprise. It's easy. I, I thought the same thing and I was under the same 
wearing the same rose-colored lenses between marriage equality and now mm -hmm. uh, around going from Obama uh, administration to into Trump during the whole 2016 election, I was like, how is it possible that there are actually LGBT people on my timeline who are talking about yay Trump? What is going on? And that's because there weren't LGBT people on my timeline. It was white men yes. who happened to be gay. Mm. Yes. Maybe the occasional, I didn't, I don't think I even saw any lesbians or bi, I don't know if they were bi. I didn't see any people who were femme or, or cis yeah. women. There it was are mostly some. Men, oh, I, I know of them. There are, I know there are some. There are some. Um, but the ones that I have the access to or the, who I could see were all men, cis men who happened to be gay who I I don't know why they're following me. I don't know why I'm following them. <laughs> um, but we don't have a whole lot in common. Right. There was one who uh, used to be the, I, I wonder where he sits now, but he used to be the um, editor-in-chief of the local queer magazine here in New York City. It was a magazine, an actual paper magazine called Next Magazine who, uh, that did covered all the gay bars. And I was uh, working in the clubs, and so I was frequently in the magazine, because, you know, I'm a cover girl, and they would always, you know, so I had a connection with him. He, uh, he was the, I'm just, I'm just saying his name. His name was Gregory T. Angelo, and he was the editor-in-chief for a while. I really adored him. It came to a surprise to me that he was a part of the, uh, I think, very high up in the ranks of the log cabin Republicans, who are LGBT people, meaning gay white men, yes. who vote for uh, Republicans. And I was surprised at that. We never really had much of a conversation about it. I would love to sit down and talk to him about it today to ask him how he's feeling about everything. Um, but, you know, it was it was very clear that, or queer, <laughs> that these, <laughs> that although I was marching in heels across the Brooklyn Bridge for marriage equality, for people like Gregory T. Angelo, it was very clear to me in 20... 12, I think, when Elon Nettles, a trans woman, was uh, notoriously murdered in New York City, viciously on the streets by someone who just murdered her because he was associated with her and didn't want anybody to know. Uh, and when we were having her memorial in, in New York, no one else in the LGBT community showed up. It was just a bunch of black trans women. Mm -hmm. And then we knew we were alone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not surprised. Yeah, when um, we talk about LGBTQ issues, I mean, the things that are affecting, I, I don't think we can lump them together. The healthcare, perhaps, but, um, you know, the things that are affecting white cis gay people are quite different than the things that are affecting like black trans women. And I think like somehow this gets lumped together as one community. And quite often, like Peppermint said, one side doesn't show up for the other side. Um, and also yeah. they they tend to be in this again as just statistically in radically different socioeconomic uh yep. part, you yep. know yep. ends of the spectrum. So they're yep. not, you know, one may be like minimum wage is a really big issue for me and Correct. raising it, you know, when another one might be like, but I want money constantly from um capital gains. Uh right. so yeah, so that's so that's also different. I, I wanted to close, I mean, I could talk to you guys about this for fucking ever, but we do have to end this segment and I wanted to end it by, by asking both of you, but I, but I, you know, I, I, I've seen and read, read some interviews with Peppermint and, and you talk about, uh, you know, black trans lives mattering. I mean, you, you talk about forgiving people for not being at the same, you know, for not being able to catch up 
to where you are yet. Like you're what you're you're willing to let people catch up to you. Um, and I was thinking it'd be really helpful to hear you talk about that because we have a lot of people that are out there, you know, who need to talk to their families about um, black trans lives mattering, or, you know, they live in red states, you know, and they're, they're blue voters and they don't know how to let people catch up. And I thought it was a really forgiving tone that you struck on that. I just, I, w- I was hoping you would um, tell us your philosophy on that. Well, I've changed my mind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I definitely think it's more gen- it was more general. As we approach the election, clearly things become more dire or at least more um, pointed. Um, but I do think that no matter what way we cut it, unfortunately, like we are on this planet with each other, with all of these other people. They are in many of our families. They are in our communities, whoever they are. Whatever they decide, they just means the whoever you're not, and um, and I think that's one of the things that we I know that we can't do this alone. Whatever it is that we're trying to do, we can't do it alone. And as women, as trans people, as queer people, as black people, whoever we can't do it alone. And and surprise, I I hope that people who are who do identify as let's say cis and white and hetero know that they can't do it alone either. We see that every election. Every single time there's some neck and neck thing, we talk about how black women are coming in to save the, you know, and women of color coming in to save the situation. And so I I believe that um, we do need to operate. We as queer people uh, do need to operate and black queer people and people of color. We do need to operate um, with uh, this sort of grace, you know, at times when we're, when we're, um, we need to be inclusive. And I think one of the things that the biggest thing I've said this a lot of times is, you know, when it came to, I, I recognize this during marriage equality because I was, I was at a moment in time when I was working for, um, marching for marriage equality during the day, marching over the bridge, going to, to meetings, you know, going to protests. And then at night I would go into the gay bars and there was a moment, there was like this thing in the gay bars in New York where they, they surprise, surprise, the gays that were in there did not want women and, and people of color in there. Mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm. like, you know, I was working there, but they did not want women in that gay bar. And they were like, shady didn't, like, on the low, didn't want people of color in there. And I was like, what the hell? I'm both of those things, and what's going on? And then I realized that, like, if we want marriage, they were very happy to have us marching at that thing. Oh, right? yeah. And so if, you, if we want them, whoever they are, to allow us into their marriage, not into their marriage, into the, the, I do. The I would like to be in their marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I am actively in, seeking. Into the bathrooms or into the spaces that they seem to be controlling and gatekeeping. We need to allow them, whoever they are, into our spaces. It's the only way that it works. That's what equality is. I share what you have. You share what I have. That's equality. And um, and so I think we have to take that. I like to take that mentality into everything that I do when I can. Of course, it's important to to take up space as a woman, as a black person, as a trans person, and uh, and let those people know. Of course, it's important to not only have tokenism. We have one black woman here. We need more. Mm-hmm. We need black folks. We need uh, you know Muslim folks. We need people who are disabled. We need everyone in here. 
um, as, as, as diverse as we can make it. Um, and so that's important. That's at the top of my list. But allowing the people time and space to sort of change and transition with us and to the new, whatever the new situation is going to be, is very important because they we can't, it's not, we're here and we're going to kick you out of everything. Black people are taking over this and <laughs> right. people are taking over yeah. that. And you're <laughs> out. That's not it. <laughs> it is specifically not that. And I love that you're out there. I, I love, I've loved um, hearing you talk about this the way you talk about it, because I think it is, it is a, you, you know, you're invited to my place as long as you also invite me to yours. It's like a really lovely um, way to look at it. All right. I'm I wish I could talk to you. out straight people. I'm kicking them out. <laughs> They're not invited. You're out of here. Get out. Um, all right. I would love to keep talking to you guys about this forever. However, we're going to move on to a quick little segment I like to call Racist to Watch. Um, quickly from Hannah in Washington, D.C. Hannah wants to remind us that there are there's an at-large seat on the D.C. Council. Um, there are 24 candidates on the ballot, which is insane, but true. Um, and you can look at the D.C. Voter Guide, dcvoterguide.com. It's a it's a project that's put together by the Working Families Party, and it's got a nice breakdown of all the candidates, their platforms, endorsements, and importantly, whether or not they accept corporate money. So um, check that out. Also, uh, congratulations to Hannah, who signed up to be a poll worker. Hashtag influence the polls. Um, thank you, Hannah. I'm so glad you signed up to be a poll worker. So I've been getting so many emails from people who have signed up to be poll workers um, in the audience. Uh, we got a couple of emails about the Senate race in Maine. at Susan Collins versus Sarah Gideon. Unsurprisingly, the people who have emailed me are beseeching you to vote for Sarah Gideon, who is currently serving as Maine Speaker of the House. And Sidney Hyde-Smith faces Mike Espy in the Senate race in Mississippi. And uh, interestingly, Espy, the Democrat, uh, just won the support of the Lincoln Project. So folks in Mississippi, listeners in Mississippi, please look at Mike Espy um, in that uh, Senate race. Uh, just because it's Mississippi doesn't mean we can't win it. Uh, and, oh, and um, Gabby is, uh, is, is is affiliated with another race. Gabby, what's that race in Los Angeles? Yes. So in Los Angeles City Council, uh, Nithya Raman is running against David Rue. And uh, Nithya is a grassroots progressive candidate. Um, she is a, a woman of color. She is um, going against this man who has the most uh, corporate fundraising. And it's uh, all of the stuff that we've been doing for her is like boots on the ground, um, and she's for defunding the police. She's, uh, all of her policies are at nithyafforthecity.com. But if you're in Los Angeles, I, I strongly suggest, um, looking into her and voting for her. Please, 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 please. The LA times endorsed the other guy and I hate them. Um, okay. <laughs> and then also, and then also, uh, please vote yes on measure J if you're in Los Angeles. Um, you can go to reimagine underscore LA on Instagram to read more about that, but it's basically about reallocating funds towards, uh, housing and jobs and help and away from incarceration. Um, you can also go to reform LA jails. That is, uh, we'll give you a bunch of measures that you can vote on. And uh, Gabby I, is going to share those links with me and I'm going to tweet them out. So you guys have them, uh, because I know uh, for helping my parents figure out the vote in California, that the vote in California is not <laughs> simple. Um, so Gabby's going to share all of those resources and we'll make them available to all of you. And now let us move on to topic number three. Um, so after 13 years, Keeping Up with the Kardashians is over. They will air their 20th and final season in 2021. Um, so my first question for you both is, 
you know, what was your relationship to the show and uh, I guess to the Kardashians in general? Is this something that you ever consumed? No, I've never seen it. My sister got her wisdom teeth out and I think watched all of it. But I... (laughs) (laughs) So was that the anesthesia or was that... Yeah, I think that was all she she could handle. She thinks she saw all of it. She She thinks she saw all of it. Hallucinating it. Yeah, I mean, I... I think that um, they don't need it anymore, which is kind of crazy. I was reading uh, what you sent over about it, and it's like the numbers on their social media in relation to the numbers that the TV show gets uh, is upsetting for me as someone who writes television. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. And and just so you know the numbers, um, the current season, which interestingly dropped when the pandemic initially hit, I think was what it was, you know, kind of barely reached a million people, which is still a shitload of people. I don't want to discount one million as being like not enough. But just as a comparison, Kim Kardashian is on, has 188 million followers on Instagram. Kendall has 139. Kendall Jenner has 139 million. I feel like I'm saying their names like I'm like I'm <laughs> talking about things I have no idea because I kind of don't. Kylie Jenner has 195 million. I think one of those Kendall or, or Kylie was named a billionaire recently, but then that was revoked. But then anyway, she's still really fucking rich. So that's uh, you know billionaire or not. Um, so you're right that the numbers on the social media are so. Um, um, high that like, you know, the the show on E sort of pales in comparison. Um, Peppermint, do you have a relationship uh, with the Kardashians? You know, the my two worlds collided in the most awkward of ways. I'm talking about, <laughs> I love uh, this already. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race and the Kardashians. Oh. I uh, obviously was a contestant on Drag Race. And one of the challenges that we had to do was something called Kardashian the Musical. Oh my God! Uh, Oh my God. I just remembered that, uh, okay. Yes. And I was cast as Britney Spears on Kardashian the Musical, okay. Um, (laughs) But here I was, ready? Okay, now, Kardashian the Musical, I didn't even realize it. Here's like an Easter egg for everybody, if that makes sense, Uh, was the music, because it was a musical, the music was modeled. This was we filmed it in 2016. It came out in 2017. The music was like a copy of the music from Hamilton, the Broadway show, which I had never seen. And so when I first heard, it, I was like, "What is this?" And I and I only saw it when it came on Disney during the pandemic. Because <laughs> anyway, who cares? Um, and so here I was in 2016 on Drag Race doing Kardashian the Musical. I was competing on a show that, to be honest with you, I had actually never really watched Drag Race until after I left it. I was competing. I was standing on the set of a show that I'd never really watched. That's amazing. Doing a musical. That you hadn't seen. That I had never seen the Broadway, Broadway musical by characters, the Kardashians. I had never seen. <laughs> Only thing I knew about Kim Kardashian was that she did a sex tape and she used to be Paris Hilton's assistant. Yeah. That's all I knew. And it's funny because that information is like from 2007. And also <laughs> yeah. you don't have a phone or a computer, so you only know like what they're telling you. You're exactly. Like, no, oh. I, I, I've seen now the, her, her social media presence certainly precedes the show. 
So at the time we did the the taping of the show, the image that was the most popular was I don't remember which one, which magazine it was for. It might have been for Interview Magazine, where she was um, naked with her uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the champagne glass on her butt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, remember I, that one. I had seen, I know, obviously I know who she is. I'd seen all of her, like the commercials and endorsements and all that stuff, but I just never watched the show. And, um, and so, no, I don't care. Right. And, and no, I, I, forgot, forgot, okay. I completely forgot that you were in Kardashians, the musical. That was wild, <laughs> wild and ridiculous. I, can I just say that it, what's really funny is when I, when I had seen this piece about the Kardashians and they're not doing mm-hmm. any more TV and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I've only ever watched 10 minutes of one episode a hundred years ago, but I'm in the minority. Surely anyone we book on yeah. the panel will have no. seen and engaged oh, with no. the show I, in its thir- in this many years. I and thought- that and that would be and, and, and the and the crazy thing is like I only very fleetingly have like a knowledge of them as cultural ambassadors, right? Like I don't buy their products. I think it's a little gross whenever they're, in, in, you know, um, pimping something. I think it's weird that they're so rich. Like I just, they're a part of culture that like I've somehow really thoroughly avoided. And then to me, it's funny because for them to say, oh, I'm not going to do TV anymore because we don't really need it. We could just do social media. Now in a TV show, at least there's some like, you know, fake drama that they, that they create that you can watch and sink your teeth into to me the the only thing that would be more boring than a TV show would be their Instagram feeds like I have no interest in looking at their Instagram feeds so I just thought it was an interesting cultural phenomenon but I think it's also really funny that here I am none of us have really engaged now question show. question do you yes. think there is value in that this was beamed into a lot of basic bitches' homes. Yeah. And and Caitlyn Jenner was a thing. Do we think there is value yes, in 100%, that? Yes, 100%. Of course. Oh, that's yes. one of my so questions for you. Gift. Yes. Where that's does that purpose. where does that land for you on the on how how was it responsibly done? Do you feel like that was a good, I don't know, it's gross to call it this, but rollout um of a transition <laughs> like talk yeah, to me about your feelings. But it was. Yeah. But it was. It beamed it into into the homes of people who maybe had never right. seen or heard or known a trans person. So that that's interesting. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, <clears throat> the Caitlyn can't change who she is that she well, she could quite literally change her um, her political party if she wanted to. But um, oh, that's right. I forget that for she's all a the flaws and for all of the. Yeah. For all of the flaws and all of the um, uh, uh, criticism that she and the Kardashians have gotten. Um, I actually respect the fact that it was her. Of course, I didn't watch the Kardashians, as I said. So I don't know how much of her medical transition and even social and personal transition was captured on the actual show. I know that it was very public transition. Um, but I, I remember, I remember thinking, because they would show commercials and I remember hearing and reading that she was sort of stepping back from the show Mm, mm -hmm. in different ways and that she wasn't really featured. And there's a couple of times she was kind of shrouded. And then the next time there was like that whole summer where TMZ was chasing her around because they saw, you know, uh, her her nail polish and getting in the car. 
and all of that stuff, but she wasn't sh- shown, you know, on camera in the show. And so I think that she actually played it very well in terms of her transition, announcing it. It was obviously going to be public. It was either going to be Diane Sawyer or TMZ. Right. And so, you know, I think that it was it was done really well. Um, and even though sh- they didn't, like, thank goodness, they didn't, like, take the Kardashians' E or whatever channel it comes on camera into the operating room and right. she was having Blech. her surgery. Thank God they didn't right. do that. Um, so I do think it was handled with taste as well as it could have possibly been, as tastefully as it could have been. So, Gabby, let me ask you this, which is um, what about the lasting impact of the effects they've had on the standard of beauty? Right? Like I feel oh, like the God. standards well, of beauty really did shift because of what especially Kim Kardashian oh, was honey, doing. Oh, honey, I got something to say about this. Go so what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Uh, well, they took uh, the features of black women and they put it on white women and then everybody liked it. <laughs> yeah. Classic stuff. Not to say. It's more. Oh, but not it's to what? say. I mean, I like, you know, I the first first chance this pandemic subsides. I'm getting my I want to get my lips done. Like I have it in my head where I'm like, I but I want this, but I want that. Like, you know, and I don't know if that like necessarily came from somewhere other than like the usual uh women nitpicking themselves to death uh situation that has always existed uh but yeah i mean it's interesting because right we went from like the 90s with like heroin chic and like being very thin and being very uh flat chested and like that was sort of the the vibe and like the 90s supermodels and um, then we took a hard, and then and then i imagine that largely women of color who had features that were other than that uh, were like made to feel terrible about themselves. And then uh, then the Kardashians who are white slash Armenian, we can argue about that as a white Jewish mm-hmm. person, we can argue about that. But like, you know, like what is that? Does that mean conditional whiteness, whatever? But, um, but then they started uh, mimicking the looks of, of uh, black women and women of color. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, popular amongst white people. And then and now then it's like, went, um, uh, like, now it's like, don't, don't be flat. Like, don't be, you know what I mean? You're right about that. Right. I want to defend a little bit the Kardashians. I can't believe I'm about to do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't, it didn't just start with the, I, I'm old enough to remember that it didn't just start with the Kardashians. I remember there was a moment in time if you were a black woman, you had an Afro or you had cornrows, then you, it was seen as unprofessional. You mm-hmm. could get fired from your job for just very that. Meanwhile, Bo Derek so famously had oh, cornrows yeah. and everybody right. was like, oh my God. And so it didn't necessarily start that, that glorification of white people doing things that black people had been punished for wasn't, you know, um, didn't start with the Kardashians. But it is interesting in this, in when it comes to standards of beauty and specifically in the world of beauty, those those things really did become sort of um, uh, hyper, um, uh, like they went on steroids, right. probably literally, right. but they were on steroids. And so the the thing that's really interesting, it's not just black women, it definitely is, but it's also um, all the trans girls that I know that I talk about. This is one of the things that had always, in the days of yesteryear, 
surgery was very closely related to being trans for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Having surgeries was one of the things that many people expected trans people to do. It was usually a prerequisite to like even being allowed by a cis person who wasn't even trans to be trans. Like in order for me to allow you to legally transition, I, a cisgender doctor who's never, doesn't even know anything about it, was going to check off and make sure you're trans enough for me and you have to have surgeries as one of the things on the list. And so um, one of the, that, that series of surgeries is called FFS, facial feminization sur- surgery. That's getting the nose, the lips plumped, the cheeks done, mm-hmm. a whole, having the brow, uh, brow and forehead bone shaved, having the uh, jaw bone yeah. reduced, having the chin reduced, uh, having your Adam's apple shaved if you have one. And so like it's a whole series of things um, that not all trans people do. Most probably don't. Um, many can't afford. I really want to make make sure I stress that. Um, this is something that is associated and can be associated with being trans. It's not a prerequisite. I don't think it's necessary. So, and it can be beautiful. But it is one of the things that many trans women have done in in the um with the with the uh um purposes of feeling safe enough to not get called out or spotted or identified as trans, which could get you fired, beaten, or killed. And so it's really interesting to see a lot of these trans women would go to some of the same doctors because they were skilled, because they had experience, obviously. And these doctors became really good at taking these features. And then what happened is the... um, it seems like the Kardashians went and took those same exact features and really like made, went to the same doctors, yeah. the same doctors that the trans folks <laughs> yeah, were yeah, going yeah, to. Yeah. And then they got those same things. And now all of the uh, cis women <laughs> who are like these kind of clone, yep, yep. Trans, uh, clone uh, Kardashian clones yeah. with their surgeries and their facial surgeries and their hip surgeries and their ass surgeries are going to the doctors that all of the trans women have been going to for years. <laughs> yeah, it's so all, it's, bizarre. They're all getting FFS. Well, no, I mean, yeah, not I mean, to like... women are getting facial feminization surgery. <laughs> <laughs> What's with, going on? With, um, with, well, they covered this beautifully on Pose with um, with Angelica mm-hmm. Ross's character wanting to get, like, getting clocked for not having an ass or whatever. And that was in the mm-hmm. 90s. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to go get my FFS. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, it, I mean, I, this is, yeah, this is just fascinating. Again, I wish I could speak to you both endlessly about all of these phenomena. Um, but listeners, let me know what you think of the Kardashians going off the air. <laughs> Do you have a, I, I have a feeling people of Faith the Nation are going to be like, this was a fascinating conversation about a show I never watched. Um, <laughs> like the we, panelists. Peppermint, Peppermint and I elevated it. To be about beauty oh my God. Really you did. elevated we gave the- you a dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> you elevated the fuck out of it. Um, so in closing, I I just want to hear you tell me um, quickly what is making you excited about voting. This podcast, I quite literally just voted while we were Ooh. talking. Oh, I have my ballot too. I have my ballot too. <laughs> 
Um, what's making you excited, Gabby? Um, well, I just got an email from Kamala Harris's campaign that they are doing a fundraiser with the entire cast of Star Trek. So I don't know how they got right into my brain and gave me what I wanted. <laughs> but I'm pretty excited. I'm a white girl with glasses and I'm pretty stoked on that. Oh, so exciting. Um, I would love, by the way, I, I want to tell, well, one of the things that's made me really excited about um, democracy is that I go out to get my coffees in the morning and uh, I go to different like coffee shops. I try to spread around my $5. And uh, and every time I'm, I hear a conversation like, did you figure out how you're voting? Are you voting? Did you get your thing for voting? And everybody is talking about it, everybody. So I got really excited to be eavesdropping on so many conversations about democracy. Um, but what I would love for the people of Faith the Nation is to be able to follow you both and follow all the wonderful things you do. Peppermint, where do they do that? First of all, you can follow me on my social media everywhere, Peppermint247, including my brand new Twitch stream where I stream weekly Pep Talks Black Movie Classics. And if you have felt guilty about not seeing some of the classic black movies of yesteryear, then please tune in where me and my famous friends uh, dish about makeup and skincare and drama and current events and black movies. And if you missed that, then you can watch me and Bob the Drag Queen next week on Wednesday are releasing a brand new music video called Vote, where we are telling people all about how they can vote. Uh, via whether it's in person or via the mail. Um, and that is in partnership with uh, Virtue, a company born from Vice. And I'm excited about that. And finally, I have a brand new album coming out. It's called A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lover. So if during this conversation, you wanted to know more about the black trans experience and how, you, how, how much we have in common, then pre-save that album. It's everywhere on all of your streaming services. And the single called Best Sex dropped last week and the music video drops tomorrow. Oh my God. That is so much to sink our teeth into. Thank you so much, Peppermint and Gabby Dunn. Where do they find you? I love Peppermint so much. I'm such a fan. Okay. Uh, I'm freaking out. Okay. Um, uh, you can find me at Gabby Dunn on Twitter uh, and at Gabby Road on Instagram because I didn't understand that Instagram would take off. And so I made my username a Beatles pun <laughs> and now someone else has Gabby Dunn. Uh, so don't take any stock advice from me. I don't know what's good. Um, also, I have a book called Bad With Money uh, and it is a, a quirky, fun finance book that I wrote. Uh, they call it a financial memoir. Uh, and I also, because uh, I have a podcast called Bad With Money, I also have a podcast called Just Between Us, which uh, an upcoming episode features Bob the Drag Queen. Uh, and I, uh, oh, and I have an Audible original that just came out. It's a scripted series. It's called Apocalypse Untreated. It's about a bunch of kids who are uh, facing the end of the world and also the end of their prescriptions because they are, they have various <gasps> mental health problems and it's based on my own experiences with bipolar disorder. So, Go, go listen to that, please, and leave a good review. There's a woman named Jane, and she leaves one-star reviews on everything, and I'm scared of her. So please leave a five-star <laughs> review. Fuck Jane. <laughs> Um, <laughs> folks, you know where to find me and all the things that I do, but I have a new piece out in The Progressive, you know, my column hemming and hawing in The Progressive, so check out my new piece, um, and I'm going to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this week, so you can hear that, and I'm going to be on uh, the First Light, uh, it's a radio show uh, in the morning, and I'm going to be talking about the, the VP debate, and Friday I will be doing an Instagram Live where I talk about the VP debate and whatever insane, earth-shattering news that has dropped in the, like, 48 hours since we record this show, so uh, dead, follow me on dead, Twitter. 
Twitter. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying please, that. Please, 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 I'm not saying that. Um, but follow me on Instagram and Twitter so you can find out a little bit more about when I do those Instagram lives. They've been really fun conversations that are just addendums to Fake the Nation. Um, thank you to the production team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps out with research. And listeners, you know we love hearing from you, so send us your feedback, topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas you might have. You can leave us a voicemail at 331-9019. Sorry. 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com if you like what you hear leave a favorite Fake the Nation on Stitcher follow us on Spotify subscribe on Apple Podcasts leave us a review on Apple Podcasts by the way we're one of the funny and informative uh, Apple Podcast picks this week uh, nice. so everyone thinks you should be Ooh. subscribing to Fake the Nation um, including Apple Podcasts um, thank you so much we'll be back in your earballs next week I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.